Jason Leisure, and welcome to Hallis Entry, the Chicago Bears podcast. We're Jason. We are sitting here at the prestigious Arizona Biltmore for the NFL's annual meetings. Uh, George McCaskey will meet with us later today. We've already talked to Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. This morning was Eberflus at 7 a.m. over breakfast. What's the most interesting thing you heard at 7 a.m. over breakfast? I thought a couple things were interesting from Matt Eberflus, Pet, and we can get into them throughout this. I don't need to list them all out right now, but um, probably the first thing that hit me, and this echoes something that Ryan Poles has been saying is that the Bears, and Matt Eberflus specifically, aggressively jumped into evaluating the draft quarterbacks. As soon as the season was over, that was first on their itinerary was evaluate these quarterbacks because there is urgency in making this decision of keep the number one pick and draft the new quarterback and offload Justin Fields or commit to Fields Get then and get out of that number one pick because that's a place to pick a quarterback. Mm-hmm. If you don't need a quarterback, you probably don't need that pick. Right. You can get more assets, which uh, their move that they made trading that pick to Carolina speaks for itself. Right. And speaks uh, what they do is always going to speak more loudly than what they say. Right. But Matt Eberflus said it in a way today that if you were to come back three years from now and Bryce Young is the star of the league mm-hmm. and throw it in his face and say, "Hey, how'd you guys miss this?" Right. He wouldn't find that unfair. Because he feels like they really did all of the research. They thoroughly vetted that option. And as a, as a component of that, Pet, they evaluated Justin Fields. Sure. And the short version of what Matt Eberflus says is the problems around him right. were the problem. Right. Not so much Justin Fields. And that if you fix those things, mm-hmm. which they believe they're in the process of doing, at least specifically right. the offensive line, that right. is not done by a long Probably shot. Probably won't be done in a year. Yeah. But O-line fixed wide receivers fixed now you will see the full justin fields well and ryan poles talked about that on monday as well as you know that by the time they got to the combine they were pretty sure they didn't want a quarterback um and so that's a lot of film work and a lot of examination that they had to do you know i'm sure during the season but definitely when the season ended in early january and when they went to the combine what six weeks later something like that um they thought that the players i think the way poles put it was that the, the college quarterbacks all had traits that could make them successful in the right system. I don't think there was a can't-miss guy there. If there was, maybe we'd be talking about something different. But you know, the Bears believe that by surrounding Justin Fields with more help at receiver, with another tight end, with a running back uh, who might you know, approximate what David Montgomery did, that he's just in a better position this year than he was last year. And then there's this other thing too, Jason, where he needs to get better. It's not just all not on him. Certainly, that's not all. But you can tell where they think the pie chart sure, is. Exactly, and and you know one of the things Eber, the coaches need to get better too. One of the things Eberflus pointed out today was when they do OTAs, they're you know they are going to extend the length of the passing period that they have because they feel like they need work. And if you look at them statistically, damn right they need work. I think in a way, when you look at this roster now and you look at the year that has led to this, we're in late March now. Mm-hmm. So this administration of Poles, Eberflus, Cunningham, Getze, Williams, this group has been in place for a little over a year. Mm-hmm. 
I think the real work, and Matt Eberflus would totally object to this right. categorization, but his career coaching the Bears really starts now. Right. Uh, because everybody, whether he admitted it or not, everybody knew what he was working with last year, and I don't think he did any better or any worse than anyone else would have done with that roster. That looked like the worst roster in the league. He coached it to the worst record in the league. Right. That's, you know, true to form. Sure. Now he's got this roster. Matt Eberflus, one of the, one of the phrasings he used when he was talking on his own, unprompted about the free agents, was look at all the starters we brought in. Right. Saying very clearly these are starters. These are not, hey, let's see if so-and-so can make it work. Let's see if Riley Reef can be our starting tag. These are clear starters that they've brought in through trades and free agency. And he also talked about, Pat, if they'd had this kind of salary cap space, if they'd had these resources a year ago, it might not have gone as well. He didn't think it would have gone as well as having it now once he's had a full year working together with polls, bringing the coaching staff into everything. He feels really good. He said optimistic, but you can tell he feels very confident in the roster he's working with now right. that he helped craft. And so to me, like, okay, that, that burn year that everyone accepted right. last year is over, and now it really starts for Matt Eberflus. Now he has to really show what he can do. And I, I don't think we should be throwing them parades for using the most money in the NFL that they had and signing four guys who can start for them for the next two or three years. This is typically what teams do when they're trying to win. The Bears haven't been trying to win for the previous, what, 13 months? And now that's changing. Um, you know, I don't think either of us sit here and think that they're a playoff team or, you know, you know I don't know, they're seven playoff. You know, maybe stranger things have happened. They, they were three and serious. 14. Yeah, they're and not they, a serious And they didn't bring team. in anyone that's going to – that drastically changes that, but the collection of what they brought in – I mean, I, th- I, th- I think it realistically, just off the cuff, I would say it should, it should be expected that they could be closer to 500. Yeah, seven games, eight games, something like that. Um, this is what happens when you try to win. And you can tell Iberflus, it, your point is completely correct, though, that it's not just that they added guys. It's that they added, I think, his kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important when he's got this hit system. You know, when they bring in potential free agents, they go like, hey, man, this is how we do things. It may right. not be for you. And just to, just to make sure people understand this, so you might react to what Patrick just said and say, well, aren't all football teams working hard? Aren't they all practicing hard? Eddie Jackson, who's been with the Bears for how many coaching staffs now? Three? He's, He's on, on his third. third. He's on third. He said last year that some of the new players who came in asked him, hey, do, do you guys always practice this hard, full right. speed? Like, do you guys always do this? And Eddie Jackson said, no. That isn't what we've been doing for the, for the time I've been here. That is a change. And I mean, his OTA, I mean, Matt Eberflus's first uh, offseason of OTAs, he got one taken away from him because guys kept getting knocked to the ground. You know, if he has a personality, and, and I think it's too early to declare Matt Eberflus as any sort of coach because, as we've established, all he did was take a horrible roster and be horrible with it. <laughs> but, you know, if you had to say what is, you know, what does he do differently, what is his special sauce, it's practicing and it is finding a way to quantify and qualify how hard a play a player is playing, and that applies to games and it applies to practices. His the thing he does that other people don't do is measures how hard you work. Every team works hard. I don't think every team measures it and grades it and holds it over players' heads the way that the Bears do. Yeah, and his message to veteran free agents that they brought in, he said like you know as players get on, they have certain expectations once they've been in the league certain long about how they're going to be handled and treated. And his, his message was basically, we'll get you the days off that you need. Right. But when you're here, when you're on the field, right. 
it's got to be full go. It's got to be all out. So we talk about him crafting this roster and having so much more influence. First off, they're actually putting together a roster, whereas last year they were tearing one down. Sure. But now he and Poles have been together for over a year. There does seem to be good chemistry, um, good synchronization between what they're looking for. They seem to be looking for the same things. They seem very aligned. And you see that very clearly with the way they're handling the draft, Pat. Yeah, you were at Georgia's Pro Day, Northwestern's Pro Day. I was at Alabama's Pro Day. The Every NFL team sends people to the big pro days. The Bears had more people at these pro days than anyone. At, in Bama, Pat, they've got Luke Getze, Allen Williams, Ian Cunningham, Ryan Poles. They've got Chris Morgan. Yep. They've got extra scouts. Like They're sending huge delegations to this. Eberflus is so clearly uh, integral to their pre-draft process, as he should be, as he should want to be, because yep. his career is riding on it. Sure. And, I mean, I, I think I wrote this from Athens, Georgia, Bears had so many people that they brought their security guy with them. <laughs> like, like they had a crew with them. And, and it, it feels very intentional, not just because, of course, you want more eyeballs on these guys. But I think it's a good – I think they like how this projects to the league, too, that they are taking this very seriously. Matt Eberflus talked today about, hey, while you're standing there watching players, you know, he likes to be able to see players and, and, and see how the, their hips move and, and, and see what they do in person as opposed to on film. But also while you're doing that, you can chat with, you know, a coach, you know, from another team and gather some info that way. You can go, you know, chat with a college coach. He liked the schmoozing part of it as much as I think the actual player evaluation. And that's important because, you know, he's a first-time head coach. Um, Poles is a first-time GM. Uh, you know, more information is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether it's this draft or collecting them for later. I mean, you know, Marvin Harrison at Ohio State, I mean, he's not even eligible be drafted this year and the Bears were among the teams drooling over him at their pro day that'll be next year but that'll be very very valuable I mean that speaks to a little bit of what Ryan Poles was saying of I asked him in Alabama why what are you getting out of looking at Bryce Young and Will Anderson when you know you're not getting those guys a you're not interested in a quarterback b you're not nearly high enough to get Will Anderson he said you'd be surprised you I am always surprised how quickly free agency or a trade opportunity comes up for these guys. So three years down the line, well, you've got a deep book on these players, and he, he referenced having scouted and really been impressed by Tremaine Edmonds well, when he was coming out for the draft. Well, it was him and, and also Eberflus. When Eberflus was with the Colts, they had really high grades on him. Yeah. You know, and they missed out on him, but you file that away, and you go, maybe I'll get another chance at this guy. And they did. You wonder whether that can work the, the other way, too, whether maybe if you fall in love with a kid coming out of college. Yeah. Uh, it might be harder to look at them objectively as they go on, but gathering more information is helpful. Well, and that's something that Ryan Poles is obsessive about. And I think back to his introductory press conference, mm -hmm. he was talking about, you know, driving home from work. Right. And why do you still plug that into the GPS? Right. Because you never know. Right. You might, you, you, all the information you have helps you. You know the way home, mm -hmm. but the GPS will tell you, oh, there's an accident or there's a, a train or there's a speed or trap. The or Kennedy's whatever. under construction right. for the next seven years. Yeah, right. Right. And one of the things that he illuminated talking about why he would be so thoroughly scouting players that he isn't going to take, mm -hmm. like Young and Anderson, is it gives you a reference point. Sure. So you can look back later when Bryce Young theoretically becomes a star in the NFL. You can look back and see what were your... Right. grades on him what were your notes on him did you have that right mm -hmm. and if he does become a star the bears will right. see that they didn't have that right but right. it's a point of reference you can say okay so and so so and so so and so here's how we evaluated him right. we got these ones right these ones wrong you know how does that inform our evaluation of this other guy this is 
this is less like going to a jewelry store and gawking at something you can't afford as it is playing the stock market and saying, and maybe you can't afford to buy stock, but you sit there and you go, I like this one, I like that one, I like this one. Mm -hmm. And a year later you come back and go, maybe I was right there. Like right. It's, right. It's, it's, informed, it's informing yourself with, with something that maybe you can use later. Yep. With, um, with the draft coming up, Jason, it, it seems pretty clear to me that offensive line is a direction they will go at some point in their first four picks, if not the first pick. Uh, we asked polls yesterday, okay, what available free agents are there that can help you a tackle? We essentially said there are none. Yeah. You know, the, the guys who are still around are still around for a reason. Uh, for all of the growth that we talked about the Bears, believing Justin Fields has left in him, making sure he doesn't get killed is a pretty important part of this, and they haven't done a thing to, fit, to, to solve it at tackle. Eberflus said today, well, hey, you know, protecting the interior of the line, that's, that's underrated. You know, you, know, you got to be able to do that. And, you know, that's, that's what you say when you spend a lot of money on a guard. Right. But they really, really need help at tackle. And if it's going to come, it's going to come in the, you know, shape and size of a 21-year-old college kid. I think they got to do that, Pat. I think at number nine overall, you'll probably have your pick of the offensive lineman. Right. You'll probably get the best of the offensive line class. You're getting uh, – Skaronsky or Paris Johnson or Broderick Jones, right. one of those those are the main three guys, I think, right, at, yep. at tackle. One of those guys can be your left tackle. Braxton Jones can be your right tackle. They've already got in place Nate Davis at left guard, Cody Whitehair at center. You would think Tevin Jenkins would be a good choice to stay at right guard. I think Poles said uh, this week that that's his future is at guard. Um, that I think sounds a lot better than what they had yeah. before. I think it's Davis at right guard and, and Tevin at left. Oh, really? I think they would have to move Tevin. I believe Nate Davis played right guard. As Nate Davis. Oh well, Nate Davis played right guard a lot at Tennessee, but the way he talked in his I think uh, they're for the Titans. I, I believe it, uh, if I remember what he said right, I think Nate Davis stays at right guard. The way Nate Davis was describing it, he was certainly open or wanting to move to left guard. But either way, some combination of that. Um, With Cody Whitehair at center playing a position that he hasn't played in a while, but was pretty good. It at. It has a lot of history. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think that 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 would be a pretty good all line. But that all hinges on: Are you getting the top? left tackle in yeah. the draft class. If you wait till the other picks, and, and it's very uh, it's very favorable to the Bears to say they have four out of the top 60 picks or whatever. <laughs> or one out of, the, out of the top 54. Or yeah. Whatever it is. Right. Those other three picks all start at 54, 55, whatever. Um, so they have one at the front of that 64 and then three at the very back of it. Uh, it's it's going to be harder to find, like, some of the things you really, really need at the premium positions. Cornerback, for example, you and I were talking about cornerback. You're pretty far down the list on cornerbacks if you wait till then, and that's a big need for them. Yeah, two of, two cornerbacks could be off the board by the time you get to nine. Right, even with their yeah. top pick, you're right. And, and you wonder, too, at tackle, like, you know, if Will Levis, maybe Will Levis is still available. Maybe you can move back again if you're the Bears and mm. still end up with one of those tackles. Now, you got to be careful doing that because Justin Fields is your, you know, is – the most important thing in your building and, and you can't you know you can't scrimp when it comes to to protecting that's where i think it'd be a big mistake i think they've come this far on putting things around him that they need yeah i i think just based on need you don't know who's going to really be there and right. what will be so compelling that you can't turn it down at number nine but i'd say just on need like they've got to get a left tackle with that number nine pick have you hung out at the hotel yet we're not to be clear we're not staying at the arizona Biltmore. But it's a very lovely place. It's as good of a hotel as I've ever been to, I would say. Arizona Biltmore is fantastic. Sprawling, seven pools, and you're in a great 
place. I mean, Arizona in the spring, beautiful yeah. weather. Did you get, get any breakfast? No. The coach's breakfast, that's a misnomer. Right. That's more of a meeting. Well, they had food after. And then there's breakfast afterward, right? right. Yeah. yeah. There's a yogurt with the... The, the, um, is there something exciting about the food you want to say? No, I'm just trying, okay, to, get you, right. trying to get you to, to open up about the experience we're having here. Um, uh, at, you know, the Bears will go home uh, on Wednesday, and then uh, it'll be almost all draft all the time. You hear them talking about stacking their their, uh, their boards in terms of who's going to be available. And this draft is going to stink up on us pretty quick here. What is They've it? They've got a month. Yeah. yeah. A month from Thursday. Uh, we will be here to break down any comings and goings between now and then. Until then, you can follow Jason and I on Twitter. Check us out on the Sun-Times website and buy a newspaper if you can't. For Jason Leisure, I'm Patrick Finley. Thanks so much for listening, and we will be back again real soon. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.